Hello, and welcome to the Organic Wine Podcast. This is Adam Huss coming to you from Piscinus Ranch. Although this episode took place in Los Angeles, this episode is an outdoor spirits tasting with Rob Easter in the backyard at Crenshaw Crew. So you will hear some authentic LA audio texture in the background. Rob Easter is the man behind Workhorse Rye and Modern Ancient Spirits, and he's trying to instigate a revolution in the grain spirits industry. The vast majority of grain spirits in the U.S. come from a single variety of genetically modified corn, rye, or wheat, and are made in a handful of massive industrial facilities using the same recipes. Slap a new label on it and market the hell out of it because they're all the same, other than how much time they spent in charred American oak barrels. On the other hand, there are thousands of varieties of heritage grains that have many different delicious flavors and could introduce an incredible diversity into our spirits industry. God, this sounds familiar, doesn't it? Rob is not only taking on the status quo with regard to ingredients and the way they're farmed, but also the use of oak in spirits, traceability, and more. There hasn't really been a natural spirits movement in the way there's been a natural wine movement to shake things up. Even the craft spirits industry sources similar grain, or with very few exceptions, doesn't register the farming of the grain in its top concerns. So maybe Rob is in the vanguard of what should be called the regenerative spirits movement. I hope he helps inspire a wave of spirit enthusiasts who care, as he does, about what the ingredients are, where they come from, how they're farmed, who farms them, and making spirits that showcase these flavors. Enjoy. All right, Rob, we're rolling. Let's roll it up. Cool, man. Well, um, thanks for doing this. Of course. Thank you. Hopefully. And if you want to, um, I would just say when you, well, I'll just put this here. It should pick us up pretty well, but feel free to lean in or whatever. Cool. But, um, yeah, would you introduce yourself in your, uh, in your, in your business? Thank you. Love <laughs> to. Love to. Surrounded by all these wonderful birds. Uh, my name is Rob Easter. Um, I am an heirloom grain uh, obsessive. Um, Mostly distiller, um, casual, casual baker, casual home cook. Um, I really care about ingredients, and I've been on this journey to uh, understand spirits and how they're made, and how to enjoy uh, and learn about the base ingredient, and how to obsess over making something finessed and, and wonderful. So that's what I've been doing since about 2010. So nice. I think what's unique about what you're doing, I'm just saying this because I'm learning about what you're doing. So, yeah. like, I'll say it and then you'll correct me. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I, I think probably a great place to start would be just like, how are most spirits made? You know, yeah. and then how are you different? But <laughs> yep. from what I learned from you, you know, I mean, it's it's like anything. Like, once you get into wine and you realize, oh, yes. shit, like, the mass wine industry is, like, made from five grapes uh-huh. that are not from here. By you a know, few people. Yeah. By a few people, um, grown in not the best way and, mm-hmm. and uh, in, you know, with uh, surrounded by all kinds of thinking and motivation that is not, you know, something I support or value. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, wine isn't unique that way. Like that's part. Like this whole approach to making money with beverages is part of our culture, mm-hmm. and so we find this in everything. We look at I me. Mean, I'm finding this in coffee. Yep, and, you know, yep, finding yep. this in everything. That it's like it's what our species is up to right now. Yeah, but the exciting period. thing is, there's people like you who are opening 
people's eyes to like yeah. the alternate an alternative way to think about these things it's and ha- do these happening. things. So, it's um, uh, yeah, if you want to talk about like just what 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 is how it like what is ninety nine percent of the whiskey mm-hmm. on our shelves yeah. made from and what's it like yeah. versus what you're doing. Yeah, from a data and anecdotal perspective, yeah. I think it is ninety nine or plus percent. Yeah, uh, that is that is really similar. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, early on, I, I I feel like I peered behind a curtain in a way that a, not a lot of my like I don't know fellow um, bartenders, at least in you know Tucson where I was from, you know, hadn't really had the opportunity to, to look behind, and I, I just found like more curtains behind that curtain, right? Right. Um, so look, this is how you do it. If you're a celebrity, or if you just have a ton of money, or you know, <laughs> probably don't have a lot of experience in the industry because a lot of people who own brands really don't actually have a lot of industry experience. Right. Um, you know, they, uh, they they make a few calls, and there are a few distilleries. Basically, you're talking about Indiana, Tennessee, and Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. Mostly Indiana these days, but honestly, it's they're all they're all powerhouses of, um, you know, uh, middle middle grade spirit, right? Um, right, that, right. that are really popular, um, that that people do like, which is interesting. That's a whole other conversation of you know subjectivity of kind of like flavor but you know spirits are just made like um basically like by the same people as as as, um as the oil companies i mean where they're made in these these giant ethanol facilities that you drive past in the middle of texas you go what the hell is that and and they're they're making ethanol and other things but so that that's a big part of like our our vodka base right around the world is is is, um yeah those big factories they're and they're using like in in Texas for all of the new vodka brands. It's yeah. What kind of corn are they using? Well, I mean, you know, the, the biggest ones out there, right? The biggest grain companies out there that sometimes I hesitate to say in, in, in public, um, <laughs> you know, uh, if I think if I do my job correctly, I think at some point I'll be assassinated by Monsanto. And that, that's that's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> what, you know, there is but, like, I mean, I, I mean, I know <laughs> if you're if you're like basically from what I've heard, if you're making any kind of whiskey or grain in, yeah. in the Midwest, there's like one supplier of the grain or one central yeah, milling. So, <clears throat> and they really got their marketing campaign unlocked because in 2015 there was this article and I don't know it's easy to find it's like all your whiskey is the same right something like yeah. that and I, I think a lot of us were like oh wow they we got them you know because yeah, yeah. basically there's this great article and it did get around it, it got a lot of press they basically said yeah your, your whiskey you know they're different labels different names it's literally the same corn and same recipe and same you know a lot of times same age just yeah. literally the same stuff yeah now, if it was all the same, really wonderful stuff, we wouldn't really complain too much, would we? We'd be like, right, "Oh, right. how great!" Like, yeah, this, yeah, right, right. But no, it is it is of, yeah. the worst kind of. And look, this again, this is part funny. of a beautiful culture, of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so ubiquitous. We have, you know. But no, and and it's it's. I've learned it's it's um. It you know I, I almost I, you need to preface it because. Um, I get it. Like when, when we get into liking a certain thing about food and drink that becomes our body, that mm-hmm. is in our mouth, that is in our senses, whether we we think about it or not. Um, this is a powerful experience, right? And we become attached naturally like animals do when we find something that at least we perceive to work, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, obviously no news there, but we're like that with alcohol. We're like that with brands. And so um, if I sort of, look, do I talk shit about Jim Bean? Yeah, kind of, but I'm not, <laughs> you know, I, cer- I certainly, I'm truly not disrespecting the flavor profile that people do enjoy. I just also, I, there, there's just so much more available. There's so much more. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to ask ourselves, just like with whatever it is, track homes or whatever, like, hey, interesting that it's all monoculture here. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Are there reasons that, you know, all these whiskeys in America are aged in a new charred American oak barrel, like always new and then s- sold off? Or um, is there reasons that 
whiskey companies do not want to talk about grains and and they never do right. you know because like oh it's 95 percent rye five percent barley oh cool like let's talk about the grains well I just told you we, we source the finest ingredients and it's it's rye. What else is there to talk about? I mean, truly, this is this is kind right. of the convo, right? Well, what else is there to talk about? We we source really great whole rye that you know doesn't have mold on it, <laughs> and right, that's what right. they mean by fine. Actually, it's like right, it right. didn't have mold on. Yeah, it. it's a quality that has nothing to do with the farming. It has to do with zero. Like the, yeah, with the oh the like the water content of the no. grain and the and look yeah. a lot of these farmers who are making Monsanto. By the way, they don't. I know a lot of these. I've learned, I've got to meet a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. are, and I'm really lucky because. You know, I don't necessarily have a marketing budget, but I, I've done so much hand-to-hand, person-to-person, you know, learning and educating, frankly, um, and exploring and talking to people, you know, w whether it's drinkers or farmers and, and even, you know, non-regenerative, you know, even big farmers. Yeah. Um, sometimes they've been at my bar while I've been bartending. Yeah. And you find out they're, they're a big-ass, you know, rancher and corn grower, and you just go, well, let's chat. Like, this is interesting. They don't really want to be doing this. Yeah. Right. They're in this big system. And sometimes we have, a, you know, maybe a slight disagreement about, you know, what or why the system is. But um, but they don't necessarily want to be doing the same things they're doing. They just know yeah. that this is my option. I got to keep buying the Monsanto seed or whatever it is. But it's it's, you know, usually Monsanto, wherever you're at. Um, we got to keep buying that particular type of seed, which might have glyphosate built into it and, you know, other other compounds built into it. Right, right. Um, World War II chemicals built into the corn. Yeah. I don't um, know that how many people realize that, but, like, the GMO is specifically to allow for the use of Roundup on crops. Like, <laughs> they were genetically modified so that they wouldn't yeah. be killed by a weed killer. Right. By a plant killer. Yeah. A plant wouldn't be killed by a plant killer. And we've been chasing our tail ever since. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Um, I think, um, and this is like, you know, not, not to do too much of a tangent, but that, that's kind of my, my brand, um, is, uh, you know, amaranth right now in the U.S. is, in my opinion, like, is, is it, it's almost spiritual what amaranth is doing. So mm. uh, these soy and corn crops, um, it's called, uh, they, you know, they're getting sprayed with glyphosate and all these other, you know, chemicals that are updated every year mm -hmm. because the weeds, you know, whatever we're calling weeds, some of them are, some of them are invasive, some of them are good, some of them, you know, try to kill pollinators, um, you know. Uh, every year when that changes, the Palmer amaranth doesn't really give a damn and keeps growing. And um, meanwhile, it's a great protein. Right. Meanwhile, it's native. Right. Um, and we're and they're spending millions of dollars trying to kill this this amaranth. But the amaranth is is not going to die. Right. And um, it's it's very interesting. So there's a lot going on on the field that I mean, it's just never going to be discussed within like most spirits convos mm -hmm. um i end up talking about the whiskey i mean look i you know you've tried the whiskey like yeah. I, I end up trying to share the whiskey yeah these these experiences are so subjective that it's like you know what experience it and and yes we'll talk distilling yes we'll talk craft i'm proud of my craft but at the end of the day oh it's there's it's so much more interesting uh, you know from a field and soil perspective because there's so much there mm -hmm. and there's so much there that we just have no clue about and i'm not an expert but you know i, I live in this and so there's there's a lot there but you know, really, you know, getting back to like flavor profile and what things are, it, it, you know, it, it is a tough convo, but it's worth it to have, you know, and, and I'm really trying not to, um, I'm, I'm never trying to, uh, you know, criticize someone's preference, but I, uh, well, let's I say, do. Let me ask you this way. How many, sorry, if you want to finish. No, no, go ahead, man. How no. many kinds of corn are most corn spirits made from? So really just the one, I mean, it's really <laughs> so just the number two. Yeah. And it, it comes, you know, like the, um, there's a few people who are, uh, have figured out like there's a few different corns in Oaxaca, like some orange and yellowy corns that, um, I, I, you know, check me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's called Tuxpeño. 
um, and uh, you can get it from Macienda actually. It's, that's one of the mothers of what you know um, we did when we took that corn and you know told the indigenous people you can't grow your other corns. All these things that I mean, there's just so there's there's, there's so much there, um, and it's obviously not you know my story to tell, but uh, you know something I try to learn about. It's like so we 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 stripped you know this gorgeous orange corn that by the way you know was responsible one of the main corns responsible for keeping you know empires alive for thousands of years right you know and these days we think corn isn't healthy mm-hmm. uh corn's healthy mm-hmm. <laughs> very good corn is very healthy um and of course you know with their cooking techniques to expose more proteins and and, and fats um you know even better but um no this this wonderful plant has kind of been stripped down just to you know um suit you know, a few people's interests. Kind of same old story that I think a lot of us are numb to, but I mean, look, we, we, we know things are getting monolithic and corporate in this world and, you know, everybody has their own, you know, different agency of what they can, you know, buy as far as food and drink, but there's there's a lot of power in, in, in these heirloom corns because, I mean, look, yeah, like they're very colorful and that catches your eye, Yeah. but there's, there's more there. It's not just aesthetics, you know, those are nutrients, um, those are flavors and they all interact with the soil in a different beautiful way and that's a big problem too is not only just what we've done to the seed right we've inserted this garbage in there but we've also stripped away a lot of the proteins and the fats to just to trade it out for more starch because starch will make you more money quicker mm-hmm. and monsanto will tell you this is how you feed a really big planet and we just we, we, we really want to feed a big planet <laughs> um and then a lot and then uh you know a whole you know wave of scientists will write an article saying how stupid that that is you can find all this you know back right. and forth and it's fantastic but um <laughs> no it's like you know the, the, these these used to have micronutrients right or i mean these do right these yeah. heirloom corns i'm pointing at they they have micronutrients um and some would say yeah if you have a complete diet with like all these different plants um we don't need to be worried about taking supplements and then there goes that industry too so obviously <laughs> there's right. a lot here once you start eating good food right oh my god healthcare or a supplement industry it's like everyone's going to take a hit so we, we would have to do this full change as a society so it's going to be very uncomfortable and you're going to be called weird for a while you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah no mo- mo- most whiskey is made from from really boring grains that they therefore put a lot of oak on top of that's the most simple way to put it i can talk about it for an hour or i could just say that <laughs> <laughs> well so and and so what are you using we'll talk about some some yeah. of the stuff that you're doing so um, you were looking at Four different ears here yeah so i grew all these but these came from you know these seeds i got from special spots so yeah yeah I've, have I've, you done any like do you do you have a sense of how many different varieties of corn there are mm, you know I, w- I wouldn't be the one to answer that just given that i mean just with blue corns and you know of course people have different ideas and how they talk about you know genetics and this and that but i mean just just blues i mean there's, there's hundreds of blue corn right so right. and and you know probably more like thousands yeah um so like I, likely tens of thousands <laughs> of varieties of corn. I would. I, I, would, would, I mean, because I know of like, a, I mean, I just yeah. I mean, I know of thousands of varieties that one, you know, the Onondaga Nation mm, like has in their mm, seed yeah, bank. You know, like, right. So that's just you know, it's big. <laughs> it's big, and and there's some like there's one there's a there's a brown one. I think it's the only brown corn on the Chapalote, and it was found uh, in like the Grand Canyon area. Uh, like 8,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, remnants of it, rather. And yeah. I've never used that one. I was, I've grown that one time, but um, it's like, there's there's not very much of it, and you can't go buy it, just buy some seeds. So there's so many of these corns that are either, you know, lost um, over the past 500 years, or um, just haven't been grown out, you know, yet. And I, that's, that's why I really got into this. I mean, you know, to kind of like, you know, 
give a summary of, of the brand, it started out as an organic rye company mm -hmm. that I ordered like with breweries that I, that I worked with, you know, like I ordered some good organic rye, it showed up out of a truck and I made beer and I made whiskey and I thought it was cool. Um, I was happy to do organic stuff, but I was living, well, I'd, I'd eaten a lot of Pizzeria Bianco being from Tucson, you know, and going up to Phoenix eating Pizzeria Bianco, you know, good quality grains, local grains, heirloom grains in the pizza, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, pizza, an item that many people overlook and say, right. oh, it's just pizza. Right, right. You know, and we're still saying that about whiskey uh, and pizza, I'm sure. Um, and then I, so I, I had luck, you know, I didn't grow up with a ton of, you know, food necessarily experiences, but um, you know, a little bit, um, and then, you know, the Pizzeria Bianca thing was good, and then when I moved to San Francisco, I'm living next to Tartine, right? Mm. So all of a sudden, I get exposed to, to some, you know, yeah, like heirloom grains, denser grains that have names, like, what is, yeah, what is, like, gazelle rye, and you're like, you know, what, what are these things? And that kind of changed the game for me. I thought, well, I gotta go find some farmers, because I, and I came from coffee, and I wanted to have that direct relationship. Mm. And so, um, Eventually, that led me to go, well, when a winemaker wants to make Riesling, they probably either, they, they need to grow Riesling, right? <laughs> and so, um, my buddy Noel Patterson in Tucson, he's a real, um, real, real Tucson heavy hitter, um, a lot of really cool experience with um, the desert and agriculture and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, I was working at Kings County Distillery for a while in New York, and he called me up and was like, yo, what about blue corn? Like, I, there's some, there might be something there. I'm like, okay, you know what? Like, I was really prejudiced against corn for some stupid reason. You know, watching right. King Corn, you know, Michael Pollan's King right, Corn right, or reading right. Food Inc. It's like, yeah, because, like, that corn is the villain, but it's really just us that are the right. villains. But, um, <laughs> but no, and I, I love being wrong. I'm a curious person. You know, I love going, like, well, shit, maybe I'll overlook that. That's mm -hmm. exciting. Okay. And so that, then it, it led me to, you know, anyway, there's, there's a lot there. But so that's where the brand is at now, where I, I'm growing some seeds out, to be clear. I'm not trying to be the farmer of this brand. Um, I think you'll see like I'm a, I'm a real generalist and I'm a real like, you know, I do this mostly alone, but actually it's it's it is a team player situation. Like, it's just yeah. that I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the chef. I, I, I've decided of a very strict, even though there's a lot of whiskeys, they're under a very strict profile of not only flavor, but of, of course, quality and ethos all along the way. Um, and so I'm, I'm more of, yeah, I think at this point it's like I'm chef. I make a lot of the dishes. Um, but I've established something and it, right. is, and it is not just about me at all. And I don't, it's not, that's not what I want. Yeah. So what, like, <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've, I've been in wine shops where I've been asking for organic spirits and they'll be like, <laughs> they'll be like, um, well, I mean, this is at a, like this literally was at a natural wine bar where they sold spirits as well. And they were like, well, you know, it gets distilled. Like we don't really have any organic spirits because it gets distilled four times. It's like, there's, and I was yeah. like, I'm not Doesn't buying matter. it for myself. Like, Farm it's how you grow the, the stuff soil. that matters. Yeah, like I mean, it ultimately is for myself, but it's like just because it's no, not in the bottle. That. Like I don't it's want that shit in the me. world. It's it's I <laughs> right. like I like birds. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I like birds a lot. <laughs> yeah. Want to sip on this again too, or are you? Are you oh no, I've oh, got your. Uh, you. I'm glad. Got your your your, your rye in I'm there. I'm glad you broke into that one. Um, yeah. So yeah, that we'll, we'll talk about that, but um. Um, yeah, so I have to say, and, and again, like it, to, to me, like from a personal level, because I mean, I, I love, I love people, like yeah, like like you know, a lot, like humans frustrate the hell out of me, obviously, like as a group for sure. But like, you know, I really am like, I really love people. That's why I stuck in hospitality. That's why I still do what I do. It's like, and it's not just about people; it's about the whole picture. But um, like, we just we just get in these ruts, be, you know, based on the marketing too. You know, 
I'm not going to totally blame us. You know what I mean? Mm. Like we're marketed at all the oh, time, yeah. and yeah, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me to blame like this. You know, one yeah. this one person at the at the wine shop, even though I've been there, and it's it's frustrating and it it sucks. You're like, you're like actually, <laughs> yes, most <laughs> of the compounds. <laughs> by I, I've looked at this this science for sure. Like, you know, uh, okay, a lot of the pesticides, herbicides don't make it through the still. Okay, great, right. great, but it's affecting the fermentation. Right. It's affecting the farm workers. It's affecting right. the soil. It's boring, you know, and, and planting things in monoculture, whether they're agaves, you know, whatever, like, like here you have roots interacting. That's right. beautiful. Even right. though, yeah, okay, cool. You got a line. Oh my God, terrible. You have a line of some of the things. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, you got, you got some rows. Cool. Like we can have some rows. Yeah. But got to plant some other things with it and some things next to them because I mean, you know, we, like everybody who's into this podcast is probably all fired up on mycelium too and, and underground networks, <laughs> sure, of course, yeah. right? And like, and the exchange down there is amazing. And especially where I grew these in the desert. Yeah. So crucial yeah. because plants can exchange and get their nitrogen because we don't have a lot of organic material. Now, of course, I was putting a lot of compost and mulch and stuff like that as right. you do if you want to be low irrigation in the desert, just like Tehachapi does with a lot of their grains. You know, one of my uh, sources for, for these whiskeys just north of here, like they're in the desert basically. Yeah. And they're having to put a lot of mulch, you know, a lot of compost, you know, lovingly. It's great. Like once you get into it, compost is the most fun thing to do. I might be redesigning this by the way. So oh, yeah? the rose might actually disappear. Oh, nice. yeah. Well, I, <laughs> hey, I look forward to whatever revolution happens back here, man. I can tell you got a good thing going on. So yeah. um I mean there'll be even less rose, I'll put it that way. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um anyway, sorry. That was just No no no. But, but well yeah, so go on. You were saying yeah, yeah. No, so anyway, or it's, I could it's, ask you something. No, ask me something else because there's a, there's so much here, and you know. Yeah, there is. Say, well, so. I mean, I love. Well, I, I, let's talk about traceability because, and talk yeah. about some of the farmers that you work with and that kind of thing, yeah. and how you. I mean, your traceability is a little different than, like you said, people don't want to talk about their grains. Right, and I just I'm over here. Yeah, a lot of reason they want to talk about is it's like they're all getting it from the same places. Right, you know? like they're and like, it, and it's one of those things like you know being a curious person. I know <laughs> you'll be able to relate. It's like sometimes you ask a question that does make someone feel uncomfortable and, and it may be a little upset and you're like hey i was just asking where your grains came from i mean yeah. you know what i mean like what you know yeah. what your program is and because i'm a, again i'm about to put this in my body right yeah i don't know yeah. like doesn't yeah. that isn't that cool for I me to care about the farming i support like, and that's and, me like i mean I'm, you know some people come at it like what goes in my body i'm like well i'm already drinking like a distilled spirit well so we're already drinking poison so right. it's like let's drink the best poison is my thought <laughs> right, right. right? Seriously. it's more about like if we're gonna make this let's <laughs> let's make it in a way that doesn't harm anybody besides the person that wants to drink there you it, go it, you know really, i mean really all the above man no it's like because we no, I mean, there, there's so many workers and so many, so many people along the way. And frankly, if something's, you know, not too controversial, but, you know, you, you look at things like symptoms, right? And iceberg, tip of the iceberg, stuff like that, right? And you're like, okay, if someone is not necessarily using, because I know this, this comp, comp, it's complicated there, but like, if you're growing a bunch of grain and you're not doing it organically in 2023, you know, look, may, maybe, maybe... Maybe you're not in love with your workers, and maybe you don't treat your workers super good either. Right. I don't know. You know what right. I mean? And, and so, and I know that there's some good folks out there who are caught up in a system, and like, it's not, yeah. a, it's not a dig, whatever. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's. I just think it's like that's just one piece, and you're like, yeah. oh, well, you know it's what? A good question. It's gonna yeah. be boring. Like, the, and and once you start to look, you know, me and the people who either buy or you know, you know, give or whatever, you know, experience my spirits. Look, we're pretty spoiled now. Yeah. You know, these these spirits, I, I mean, it's a thing. People tell me regularly, 
you ruined me for most other whiskeys. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's great. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I hope I hope that that does something good. Um, but when when you do start tasting these things with dense flavor, I mean, I remember like the first peach I tried in New York, you know, visiting some family, like, you know, the first like, you know, kind of like more spicy Mexican food, you know, those those things are, are really memorable, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really, no, I'm really honored and really humbled to, to be able yeah. to offer some, you know, things like that. And honestly, today, especially like, you know, especially coming out from hanging out with, you know, my farmer, uh, Sherry at, at the farmer's market this Wednesday and, you know, seeing all the blood, sweat and tears that she puts in. I mean, I'm emotional this week because yeah. I've been treated really well in L.A. too. So it's like there's there's, there's a lot. And um, there's it's, that's just so much more fun and beautiful than, you know, um, the, the average stuff, which is just straight up like, yeah, just like corn that, that has been whittled down to starch, um, distilled continuously by a robot, mostly. Um, no disrespect to our future overlords, you know, hey, but... <laughs> Like, I'm just saying, um, there's, there's other ways we've done it, you know, and I'm not someone who wants to look back in the past so much, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this, my main thing's called modern ancient. Um, I think humans have developed solutions for problems, um, that meet the moment and they look to the future maybe more than our culture does sometimes. I think we should look to the future, Mm -hmm. you know, and yes, look at the past for certain things too. That's kind of the premise of my name, but, um, I just, I, I just think that we, we have to start trying a lot of different things. Um, and, and, and adjusting our, our views in every little way we can. And, and you know what? It is helpful when you get pushed in that direction by enjoying something beautiful, you know, food or drink. But So, you, and w- so what you're doing, just to, to like in, put it in a nutshell, is stilling uh, spirits from heritage grains that are grown in really great systems yeah. that are not sourced from, like, all of the major... <laughs> Uh, outside the commodity system is one way outside I like of the to... commodity there you go that's a good way to put it and and so can you talk about some of the ingredients that you're using that you're excited about in the yeah. farmers yeah just like like pick yeah. one spirit let's do like that corn cool. spirit yeah okay so so this would be what would this be if it was not you making it like who like what would what would you compare this well, to yeah I'll get I'll, I'll, I'll mention two things so yeah okay. this the, the these 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 corns are in here okay beautiful yeah. Mexican June mostly. Um, okay. Okay. Cool. So that's a historic corn to the southwest. That's like the tortora corn. What's it tortilla called? Tortilla corn. Mexican June. Mexican June. Yeah. And yeah, what's and the blue? That, was, that one is an unknown relative of this. Oh. Okay. So that's a whole thing we'll talk okay. about another time. But that is a, a purple blue corn that um, I grew out, and so I'll, I'll mention Noel Patterson again in Tucson. He sort of spearheaded this this concept of like let's let's figure out a corn to really back and build out. Let's like pick one. Yeah. And he grew this blue really well. And I, he lived in Tucson. I lived in Oracle at the time, a mile up, different elevation. Mm. But they grew differently, but beautifully. Like, this corn wants to grow in the southwest. Wow. Nice. They're, they're a badass when you grow yeah. them and you pop them in the ground. Like, that thing, like, that, those genetics know the southwest. Here yeah. I am. I'm a right. badass. Like, grows really well. Of course, I grew it with, like, you know, beans and squash and those other things. And I just really believe that, um, you know, the, the, the best farms I've seen, and I've toured a lot of farms, and I, I, I focus on a few. All, all the ones I have out in Spirits now are on the, absolutely on the level and ones I'm going to continue working with and, and the ones in this, this bottle for sure. So this bottle um, is a really cool greatest hits of I wanted to make um, sort of a concept whiskey just by selecting a lot of my Southwest um, casks specifically because I source from Northern California. Occasionally I source from Oaxaca. If I want to get to know the mother of mm. certain corns, like why wouldn't we want to know what that tastes like? Yeah. Even though I'm not going to do that most of the time. Most of the time I'm going to still locally. Um, but um, yeah, so, so I do a lot of NorCal 
rye and corns, which are great, barley from NorCal. Um, this but, is all. But those are well farmed as well. I mean. Oh, absolutely. You're no, talking no, no. about Fritz. What's his name? Oh my God, Fritz Durst. He's, yeah. He's been he's been farming regeneratively since the '80s when truly it seems that nobody cared. Right. And, and dry farming stuff. Right. Even in years where like that means he like in 2021 didn't get a didn't crop get of 2,000 acres or something. Yeah. So like and that's serious the long commitment game. to the long game. Yeah. That's called that's sacrifice. That's called sacrificing this year's. And and he's he's you know has a diverse system so that he'll he'll try to you know get paid somehow right right on uh, some other plot but like right. no if you can risk that and do that that is that is such a favor to future generations. I mean, because what's, that what's interesting is, is like he's known you could you could come at him from and and this is I think the point that I'm trying to make that you made is like he's gonna make money whatever the year is because he has cattle he has grapes. He has dry land grains and crops. He has an so organic diverse, vegetable yeah. thing that's irrigated. Right. Um, like you could look at him as a grape grower. Like I could, I could interview him. You yeah. know what I mean yeah. for the podcast. Yeah. But he's got all these other things that he's actually also expert in. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more so than grapes, but he's also expert in grapes. So it's like this is, I think, the farming of the future. He's just been doing right. it a lot longer than like than he's no, been I th- doing I it. I think that, or or the collective model. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, and you can look back to Oaxacan civilizations. Oh, you know, for sure. Yeah, right? I mean, it's like the farming too, of the future because it was the sure. farming of the no, past just, before this model. You know what I mean? Era, yeah. Like, kind of like that's. I think that's what we're both getting at is like cobbling together the future inspired by the past, but also right. like you know letting ourselves be ingenuitive too. Right. right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And and of, of and course, working within this culture that we can't escape now which is very different right. from our ancient cultures right yeah. and let's acknowledge that yeah like um no yeah good point i mean so so to me this is a really special one and honestly I, again yeah like this is this is um uh one that i now know universally like not i mean whatever not to brag but everybody loves this one like this this it doesn't matter what you like uh and that you can't say that about every one of my whiskeys i, I do intentionally make like smell this one like so this is 100 percent sonoran wheat malt so the tortillas I gave you this morning, you know, like those are from Tehachapi Sonoran um, wow. wheat. Well, this is malted Sonoran wheat from Grain R and D, uh, south of Phoenix, um, and he just had a small batch of it malted. So I'm, I think I'm the only one with a few casks of this Sonoran right. malted wheat. So I blended this into a whiskey, but um, like check it out. Like so, yeah. for example, this will taste totally different from that rye you just had, and then we'll then we'll drink this one. Beautiful. And um, did I give you this one? No, I don't think okay, so. Okay, cool, cool. This is this, and then the corn. It was all corn. The, um, this okay. one's mostly corn, but oh, maybe it is then. We'll check, but yeah. um, just curious. Um, so yeah, so this is kind of a combo, you know, of like oh, wow. bourbon and Japanese whiskey, and I say that sort of thing a lot. I talk about the Jap- I'm very, you know, influenced by global spirits, pisco, mezcal, Japanese whiskey, um, almost exclusively, um, and you know, winemaking. I've worked, you know, done some, done some, done quite a bit of grape labors, you know, even since like 2011 on, you know on and off so it's like I've managed to take inspiration and education from a lot of different pockets you know just a thousand little things is kind of the way I look at it um, and so this one to me is kind of a culmination of me making a bunch of whiskeys that I feel like are sort of this this open-ended question like what if bourbon had a, a wider umbrella mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I'll make a corn whiskey with a little bit of rye that you'll recognize from a bourbon like oh it's got a little spice but usually that spice would come out with a lot of oak Mm-hmm. And so you get that rice spice and your palate's like, oh my God, this is bourbon, but oh my, it's so clean. You know what I mean? And, um, and it's so like food friendly because mm-hmm. there's really not much oak. So it's like, that's a, that's a bourbon statement, right? Like corn and rye. Well, this is more of like sort of globally inspired, but honestly it's inspired by the absolute open minds that Japanese blenders and distillers have when they blend. 
yeah. you know they don't necessarily start with rules they're like they kind of and obviously not a monolith right but this is just me reading about and experiencing Japanese whiskey throughout the years is like there's a few people I've um, really enjoyed you know listening to or reading about um, and you know they're like they think about a flavor profile first and think about an experience and just a whole feeling and then they get to that place mm. through slow blending by and it might not be on the label but a lot of Japanese you know whiskeys have rye have wheat have corn mm -hmm. um, of course if it says single malt there you go but like um, so this is a crazy blend I've put out whiskeys that are one grain <laughs> I've put out whiskeys that are now I mean there's, there's seven grains in this oh, what um, are they? so you got Tehachapi um, corn blend Okay. So like some yellow and blue, okay, and then you've got um, this Mexican June, okay, right here. So actually, this one I didn't grow. This is this is grown by a Revelos in uh, Douglas. This okay. one, this one I grew. Um, th so this actual batch, and I can show you a video of me and and um, some friends uh, shucking this corn, you know, by hand, like the you know the old school the old school mill. Um, so we got that just north of the border of Mexico and Arizona and Douglas, Arizona, grown organically, a uh, bunch of really cool heirloom beans, squash. Like, I mean, I eat my farmer's grains and beans and stuff like pretty much every day. Yeah. And so what will happen in a case like this is like we'll trade or I'll buy like a big ass bag of his beans. And it's like, cool. That's I, <laughs> and they're delicious. They're like black and purple. Yeah, they're gorgeous. And they're they're Apparently, they're his family's heirloom. I, you know, oh. they, they named them and I've never seen them well, otherwise. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot there. Right. Like and so. Um, we got a few tons of, of this Mexican June corn a few years back, distilled that in Bl at Blinking Owl and Spirit Guild. I mean, uh, or uh, in, in Santa Ana, I did some other stuff at Spirit Guild. But, um, and then there's got some, uh, this has some Arizona rye in it, which is really, really special too. Um, that's why this really is the greatest hits, because it's got some rye grown by a, a partnership between the Yavapai, um, or the uh, Yavapai Apache Nation and the Nature Conservancy. Wow. And the rye is gorgeous. And I've got mm. to play with a lot of rye um, throughout the years. You know, some from Grass Valley. Um, I love the Tehachapi stuff. Um, I'm meeting up with a farmer later, Farmer Mai. She grows really wonderful, regeneratively grown rye. Um, they're all really, really wonderful and different. This one just, I mean, um, it's just like so bready already. It just is so developed, mm. so gorgeous and just kind of, kind of fatty like mm. this 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 rye was really special it almost behaved more like barley but and then also some purple tibetan barley um which is grown south of phoenix by grain r d um mm. and that purple barley i mean you know and and when you when you bake it um i mean it's so flavorful it's so flavorful and when you when you ferment it into beer and whiskey i mean you almost think you're drinking pinot noir sometimes wow it's magic wow. it's magic and so that, you know, yeah, it's exciting stuff. I, just, I mean, just, you know, just holding it is exciting. Yeah. Um, and so, and then now that I've, you know, got to learn a few of like, you know, like some of like their flavor behaviors and whatnot, it's like, it's even more fun. But, and then there's a couple of, there's a little bit of um, Admiral Maltine's barley from the Bay in this too. But those are, those are the main things. It's a blend of like one, three and seven year old whiskey, all used oak, but different types of oak casks. So it's, mm. it's layered. Wow. It's layered. And it's, it's, it's up front it's really nuanced and people kind of always go like oh yummy and then 10 seconds later they really start to feel it yeah and then they like drinking it um, <laughs> so yeah and this this one's it is very popular in arizona and now in la it's it's really getting around um so yeah that's amazing yeah lovely what is this one that i just tried the wheat malt pretty wild right so yeah. when i first distilled that out of the still, man, there were like these tropical notes, Ooh. which is always fun. It's like, no, for real. Like, you know, like. Yeah, it is super bright. It super is super bright, right? Yeah. Mm. I haven't tasted this one in a while, so I'm going to take a little sniff. Um, yeah. So I got to say, like, you know, like I said, I come from coffee. I come from, you know, just like 
kind of being excited about food, working at restaurants, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, my, you know, first spot was Starbucks, nothing fancy. Like, and then, you know, eventually I did work in specialty coffee. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's all been kind of a journey of really understand, trying to understand ingredients. Right. And mm. I think what was, and is so exciting to me about coffee is like, oh, right. It's a fruit. Oh, right. It can taste like all these things. And, <clears throat> and this word coffee is not its flavor profile. Right. That's right. their, that's their, that's its name. Right. right. Um, but it has a thousand flavors. Right. And these grains too. I mean, I don't, what are you experiencing right now? Oh man, <laughs> I'm terrible at this. That's okay. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm getting like lemon toffee stuff. You know? Yeah. But yeah, like I get great, some, because you said bright and that would match, you know, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely I'm smelling like lemon meringue pie, kind of like a toasty crust, and then a little lemon, like like the toasted meringue as well. Like, a little... it's really developed, right? Yeah. So but then you... something else too, like there's a there's a deeper element to it, like a mm. it's kind of some peachiness, and I mean it's oh, yeah. yeah, as you so, and I'll say this to you, like for for people who can't. Mm. For people who aren't us and can't see this, like the these spirits that I make are almost always really gold. Yeah. Except for this one. This one's super oaky. Um, Japanese oak. Oh, you nice. know, pretty yeah. intentionally. But all my spirits, but like two bottlings I've ever done, have <laughs> right, been right. used oak, and they're in it. Even if it's a you know five year old whiskey, it's gold. Yeah. Not brown. I, I mean, I should say like that was the fun thing about the corn one. I don't remember now. I think it was just corn. I don't think oh, it was. Oh, I, I gave you a, I gave you a, um, a, a real fresh cask sample, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. What, I think is what and it that, was. I mean, just like, it smelled like beautiful, like steamed corn, like a mm. rich or like a baked corn kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. it had corniness to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cool, it was right? very corny. Yeah. Which was awesome. I mean, yeah. and, like, you'd never get that from like a, from a, you know, a, a bourbon, for right. example. All you smell is oak on bourbon, you know, and and so it's just yeah, it's lovely and yeah. So we're, you're using other than those two that you're saying. Basically, your your point is you're using these great grains. So why mm -hmm. am I going to cover that up with like yeah. heavy oak? Why would I do that? And yeah, let these... it, it really is, you know. And since day one, that's been the thought. Um, and I'm really really lucky to kind of see that because I think like especially you know getting really excited about food at a young area, you know not not super young in my early 20s really getting exposed to it but then getting really excited and you know about Alice Waters stuff mm. you know about just concepts and yeah. trying dishes like that trying simple dishes and but buying really good ingredients but to you know enjoy a moment that is uh, just oh yeah really 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 natural and impactful and so you know the approach since day one has been that of like yeah if you're taking to take your art really seriously you're going to eventually obsess over your components right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so no i just yeah. couldn't do it and i look it's been tough because honestly these whiskeys are not understood in the whiskey industry still yeah like some, some there are some whiskey people who you know whiskey drinkers who like my stuff but i know who likes my stuff at this point it is wine drinkers like myself frankly i'm mostly <laughs> a wine drinker i'm you know not a not a, you know an expert or an educated person you know per se, but I, I love I love um, wines. I, I take it you know that's that's what I like. Yeah. Um, and I hang out with a lot of wine folk, and, and I, I get to experience a lot of things. I, I just find that there's a lot of depth and a lot of intrigue you know with like wine and, and coffee folk for it, it, when it comes to like open mindedness. Mm. And I and I found that um, the culture, you know specifically a bourbon. You know, unlike wine drinkers, like, you know, wine, wine drinkers, we're not happy with the mainstream wine. We're not happy with, you know, Trader Joe's wine necessarily, <laughs> you know, no, no disrespect. But it's like that that yeah. doesn't make us excited. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's not like, oh, I could never. But it's just like, no, I mean, dude, like this prickly pear wine that you're, it's like, no, they're good natural wine, whatever that means, you know, good quality grown wine. 
is exciting. Yeah. And the other stuff isn't exciting to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, within whiskey culture, you know, for the most part, you know, people are, are, are good with kind of the mainstream options still because there just hasn't been enough, you know, I guess, you know, freaks like me going like, what about this? What about this? What about this? Um, and so it's happening. It's definitely happening. But it, it is interesting because I, I just I, I now know who's going to like my stuff pretty, pretty, um, pretty confidently. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. So so used oak, um, you know, I think I think too like, you know, just trying a lot of um, like oaky wines throughout the years and going like, oh, there's just. You know, I've got a desert palate. I need some refreshment all yeah, the time. Right, you know, right, <laughs> like right. that's just that's just who I am at this point. I think we're I think we are, in, you know, informed a lot by our you know surroundings in that regard. <laughs> so I, I like lighter flavored things that yeah. are you know longer and more delicate and finessed. And and again, once you once you realize like, oh my God, this is you know, is it an objective statement? I don't know, but like this is the truest version of malted Sonoran wheat because mm. it's almost like when you you know you you take your loaf and you put it into the oven, you're you're, you're caramelizing and you're setting this thing, right? You're setting your, your piece of pottery, you know? That's, I think, what you do with, with these used oak barrels is you're just giving it a little caramel, a little bit of that finishing touch, mm -hmm. but you're just baking the bread. I, you, you know, you're not trying to add too much to it. Right, yeah. So you could make a case, I think I could, that like, no, no, what does is, what is malted sonoran wheat taste like? It tastes like that. Right. Yeah, it's great. And I tried not to get into its way, you know what I mean? So I brought up traceability. What is that like? Is there? Can you talk about that? Like, is yeah, as, as a concept in spirits, and then how you what your exactly? I mean, you know, you show up to the farm, and like for me, I mean, especially coming from the bar, and like having you know, like some you know, having an egalitarian ethos, of course, like you know, really, you know, I, I, I'm you know, I'm really really in it for the underdogs, like you know, in, in some ways, like myself, you know, um, where you just want to see like. How they talk to their workers you know and and, mm. and there's i you know there's some farms i've visited where i'm like you know what the grain's pretty good there's a good story here like i won't say too much but like i didn't really like the interactions mm. you know and the i didn't you know i've seen that before you know yeah. and and actually and i'll just say none, none of the casts i have right now and none of the bottles i have have anybody's name like that that i yeah. that i didn't really want to support and and it's not because i thought they were necessarily a shitty person but i'm like you know what i see what you have going on here you're you're not like um, a tiny struggling farmer and and you know you kind of I heard the way you kind of talked to your employees a few times and it just I could tell it wasn't gonna be the right fit yeah. and so it's yeah. like that's kind of like so I have a, I mean there's a lot of vetting you know so to speak that yeah. I that I do and, and people can either trust me or not I mean honestly mostly I mean people see what I do this I mean I live this shit right like and I, and I, I also half my years like production and doing the, the you know admin and doing whatever and the other half is like you know of course still doing admin and, and the <laughs> business but like you know being more in market you yeah. know like I, and I think I'm in a unique position as a distiller to do that. You know what I mean? Especially coming from the bar. It's just, look, I just, I've always, you know, liked hanging out in good bars and stuff. So here, <laughs> here I am. I, I don't, you know, mo most days I don't mind, you know, yeah, and, yeah. Um, especially since I mostly drink wine and make, you know, spirits for others, not myself really. But um, yeah, no, it's, so it's like the traceability thing is interesting. It's like, I think there should be, you know, um, a lot of local people. I don't want to be, you know, king, king whiskey in the U.S. and be the only one. It's like, no, like. I hope this is inspiring for people to kind of like figure out how to make it work for them. Um, I'm definitely not giving anybody advice to like start a spirits brand. It's kind of a bad idea, but, <laughs> um, but you know, you got, you gotta, you gotta love the bigger picture of it. But yeah. um, no, it's like we, I think we should build relationships such that, you know, cause like, yeah, if your friend brings over something that like, 
you know, they made or, you know, it's like you have trust, you know, you don't, you don't need to sniff it out. Yeah. You know, you already know that that's, that, you, that you're good. And so yeah. if we build more of those relationships eventually in certain communities, I mean, then you just trust, trust your butt. Cause you're like, I know the decisions, I know what inspires them. I know what they're going to reach for. You yeah. know, I know they don't want to use the whatever spray, you know, cause yeah. they, they, they're willing to, to, you know, and, and look, there's, you know, you're going to, you're going to do some organic sprays every once in a while too, probably in, in, in some cases, you know, if you do have, you know, an outburst, um, and you just got to be honest about that. You're like, no, they, they, they sprayed some like cinnamon or whatever they did, you know, right. like a few years ago, you know what I yeah. mean? And I appreciate when, when farmers can come to me and tell me some nuance. Yeah. Um, but honestly, mostly like it's, you know what, if you use a lot, if you have a good compost, you know, and you got healthy soil, like you're, you're, you're probably going to do pretty well. <laughs> um, right. So, um, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, it, it is only like when you, it's, I feel like spring because like when you're when you grow in a garden setting like this yeah like you never use anything mm, like you mm -hmm. fertilize the soil and then you plant stuff yeah and if you have to do like I mean what I found is if you have if like you have an infestation of something that's a symptom it's a symptom like you aren't like maybe it's the first time maybe your soil's not quite right or mm -hmm. just, it's a bad year for that you know uh -huh. and you just kind of have to wait it out but I think the spray thing comes when you're like at a such a scale with such a reliance on one crop to succeed and quickly so like, it's it's a it's a risk it's a it's an insurance yeah. policy basically and it's quick yeah it's like our, you can't wait for i mean you're not thinking generations you think yep. i have to make money this year which is really unfortunate and when you're stressed out and you need to pay those bills yeah. and you're freaked yeah, the hell totally out because there's a lot of obviously there's and yeah i know i know you're you know you're a super nuanced person yeah. and have a lot of experience like there's 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 people caught up in it and and, um, and, you know, there's been a couple of documentaries, too, showing people, like, converting to regen and stuff like yeah. that. And there's a lot of different ways to do regenerative agriculture, like, that'll suit the area or your priorities or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the traceability thing is, like, look, there, there's the farmer's name. And a lot of people who, um, you know, maybe in other industries or, you know, they're like, oh, wow, some company could come and scoop all your farmers. And, like, yes and no. A lot of people try to do this and it's yeah. very difficult and you kind of have to you have to have kind of a high pain tolerance to do this kind of thing especially at a small scale when you're trying to build up and you're trying to keep it independent yeah so i don't necessarily f i don't want to be like fear driven like that yeah i'm like no, no 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 these farmers did it and i'll feel like a piece of shit if i don't give them glory for it yeah. okay and also like it's it is the 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 deal i make with strangers who buy my bottle that they can look this farm up yeah. That's the deal. Not everybody knows that I that I that I bleed for this, that I'm really into this. Yeah. That, that I do ha that I've stuck to standards throughout a lot of, you know, testing, you know, through a lot of a lot of tumult. I I've kept to these standards and I everybody gets the same emails. I could buy the same whiskey that Bullet Ride sells and I could put my name on it and right. I could figure out how to make some money. Right, um right. that'd make me very unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's that's yeah. It's the uh like your business, the business is marketing, essentially. Right. Yeah. At that point, lifestyle marketing. That's right, and the product doesn't have a cost, so. Right. That's why it's so hard to compete. Yeah. It's because you're competing against product that doesn't have a cost. Yeah. Right when it comes down to it. Right. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, obviously, I'm interested in this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, but <laughs> that, does that answer your question about the yeah, like anything more? Yeah. Oh, do you yeah, have yeah. any more specific thoughts? No, or no, okay. That's cool. it. No, I think there's a lot there, but it's hard to say kind of what to go into. But no, um, I think that's it. I mean, I think like I mean, you list on the bottle yeah. where the grains came from, and I post about them. <laughs> yeah, like the I names of the me, farms. I post me yeah. with them. Right, right. I post pictures of my own growth. You know, I, you know, like 
I post photos of me growing stuff, you know, and um, so. Just uh, got the bird up there. Yeah. Do you want me to open this? Do you want to? Do you want to taste this? I'm happy I would to. Love to. Yeah, if let's you do want it. To, yeah, yeah I definitely yeah. do. Yeah. Um, this one's got some hardcore. Yeah, you know what? And I've really, I've been kind of preaching this highball thing for years, and I think it took a bit for people to be like, whoa, whoa, but the whiskey's expensive, right? Like, why am I gonna add stuff to it? Oh. So, and some people were, were into it, but because um, I mean, this this bottle, depending on where you get it, um, which state, but it's like one to. 120 something like that okay and you know you do the math like by the ounce you're talking five bucks something like that it's like for a glass of really good spirit you know five bucks it's a you know but we're used to these big bottles so it is a, it is a big it is a big ticket up front for sure um but that being said i mean these are really densely flavored and when you do dilute them it's kind of fun because then you see like oh wow it's still here and yeah. also it's like expanding right and it's almost like um you know, um, strike me down and I'll become more powerful than ever, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> love it. Yeah, um, right. They tried to bury me and they forgot that I was a seed. So <laughs> there you go. And that's I just think that's really beautiful. You know, to to, to have something with with such character that it can it can be diluted and still there. Um, and then you you know you bring the the proof down and it's kind of just like easier to taste some you know taste some things. So it's like um, I know in, in LA that's 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 happening a bit. Um, I think like over at Wolf and Crane and in uh, nice. Little Tokyo, I think they're they're having some fun with some highballs. Um, nice. And we should also say that even though you're using on most of your stuff neutral oak or yeah. used oak, used oak, yeah. I know neutral's such a it's too it's too. Uh, I mean, because if it's used, you kind of it's out of your control <laughs> a little bit. Good you point. Know. You mean as far yeah. as what how what, the, what condition the it comes to? Yeah, you? Yeah, 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 exactly. And yeah, that's you have to dial that in over time, right? Right. right. Yeah, You'd exactly. be like, oh, this is it's like oaky. Yeah, you're like, okay, like you kind of like look at the color yeah. and you, and you take, of course taste it, yeah. but but I mean, what I was gonna say to finish that statement was the the oaked ones that you do. Like, if anybody's into oak, mm. fantastic. Yeah. No Delicious. people like that rye I poured you yeah. the night. It's like yeah, uh, yeah, that's beautiful. Like. Yeah, bigger oak whiskey drinkers, like, they get it. They get that stuff. Yeah. And that's why I do make a couple things. I'm like, I'm not trying to exclude you. I'm just really trying to focus. Like, yeah, showcase you, what's possible. Yeah, Showcase like, what's possible. And the used oak thing, too, like, you know, like, you know, not to get too carried away because there's so many, you know, aspects of this, but it's like used oak is, is more sustainable, you know? Like, we, we don't, you know, we don't have to go at the pace we are of, right. of, of cutting down trees, you know? We, we, oh, yeah. And we, we probably should, you know, we shouldn't. <laughs> As understatement, yeah. right? Um, understatement. Well, I mean, but, it's, uh, I mean, let's, like, let's, what I, what I would love, I'm, I'm just doing this as a momentary aside, but, you know, we still have some unlogged sections of forest in on this continent. Not much. Yeah. Like, 2%. But, I really feel like we should leave those 2% for so many reasons. Yes. Um, Not touch them at all. Never touch them again other than to ed use them as educational things. And, Roll through, and, say hi. And yeah, yeah, like learn from them, observe them. Do but, not do anything. <laughs> I mean, Europe has no virgin forest. Like yeah. every forest on the European continent is a is a plantation, essentially, that yeah. is farmed over yeah. hundreds of years and managed as a literally as a tree farm which yeah. has consequences for that right. forest and for the people that live around it you know i just i i say all that to say like i hope we don't go there and that yep you know trees deserve better and forests deserve better and i say that also because i just read the uh 
Hidden Life of Trees, oh. which was written by a, a German guy who right. was talking about because he's a, he's a German forester, mm, um, and cool. he's observing their forests and talking about it. You know, and of course, trees, even in these systems, once you get past a certain age, the trees are doing. What, so you know, much. yeah, they're doing stuff. You know, and, doing so, and and then and then when they do fall over and die, they're like alive for a thousand years, feeding everybody else. Right, right, right so yeah. Because like, I, yeah. Yeah, I just finally read the overstory. Death is not the end. Nope, <laughs> right. nope. Yeah. And, and and it's uh, yeah. And so I don't know if you've read the overstory, but that oh, yeah. concept is like you know, kind of like death is the beginning. Right, you know? <laughs> right, right. And um, <laughs> and so yeah, that's beautiful, huh? No, yeah. yeah. And and you know that like, and I think that's that's really, you know, the the probably you know the statement of all like this good food and drink stuff is like we got we we got to be more observant you know we we got to be more humble about our place within this system right yeah, <laughs> you know we're, yeah. we we really think we're we're up top but we're yeah. we're not no I mean, we're getting our asses handed to us right now is what's happening yeah so. yeah yeah should uh, remember we're just part of the system yeah it's a well, yeah. So you were saying about oak. You, I mean, like mm. just about new oak. Yeah, and I, and I used and I, oak and and look, it's t- you know, like I nerd out about cooperage stuff, right? You know, it's like great. I have bought a couple new barrels and then, I, but I just don't, I don't ever get rid of them. Mm. That's the wonderful part, you know. And I'd have to break a lot of brewers, et cetera's heart. Hey, can I, you know, like buy one of used barrels to do some beer? I'm like, I love that, but actually, I'm never getting rid of a, a cask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Um, I just reuse them and I'm a couple of them I'm on even like the third fill and it's great like so yeah. I got some like four-year-old juice in there or maybe like three actually I think um and it's like I mean it's like crystal clear gold it's so light and I'm like dude see you in five years like at that point with the extracts like a couple you know there's a there's a few casks you know that I I do want to leave and I have left um even though um like I, I I'll show you a whiskey next time that's doing really well up in the bay um, and it's six months in, in oak. That's it. Mm. Used oak at mm-hmm. that. And um, but then I let it finish in glass, and there's a little bit of extra finesse. But it's like, so that's a statement too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like no, like not even know it. Like then there's no age statement on this, even though this has seven year old juice. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, just kind of want to be like, yeah, I'll tell you how old it is, but let's not talk about that first. Let's right, not do right. that. And I and, and so yeah, the cooperage stuff is really cool. Like I I do source really fantastic barrels, like Kelvin cooperage. Um, is, is really one of my favorites. There's a really cool one up in Napa and, and um, as well. And, and honestly, it's just, yeah, pe- people having what seems like a pretty decent job, slowly making oak, you know, slowly making casks, not having to, to rush it, you know, factory style. And that's going to make a better product. And I thought it would, and it, it did. I mean, I remember the first time I did finally try some new oak on that rye that you tried. Yeah. And I tasted it after six months or something, and I let it sit longer than that. But I was just like, yeah, this is finessed, like, because it was air dried three years outdoors. Right, so, right, yeah. you know, that whole thing that's more common in, in the wine industry, right, like right. letting the wood staves sit outside to experience yeah, bacterial breakdown and weather and all kinds of stuff. And then you're to- slowly toasting that up um, after, you know, two to three, four years out there. It's like that's such a more finessed yeah. oak experience than the quick stuff. I mean, because the quick stuff, then you start to realize, like, you're like, wow, like maybe a lot of like bitterness and resinous flavors from cheaper whiskeys, like, that's also because of cheap oak. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You have a, yeah, one of those things. A spirit, a sprite is landing on you. <laughs> well, what is, like, if people wanted to learn about you and what you're yeah. doing, what's the, I mean, so you have modern ancient, you have the workhorse ride. Yeah, so, so what are the, do you have in a, a bit of a transition website wise, okay. but, but it's workhorserye.com. Okay. And then Workhorse you can Rye. find modern ancient whiskey and workhorse ride on Instagram. Right. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, right, yeah, one, one, one guy finally found a really good 
fit of a business partner about three years ago and um, it's going really well he's the owner of Standard and Strange shop in Oakland New York and Santa Fe and that's this is like a whiskey dedicated to like kind of what they've built over there with their Beautiful. their like kind of um, and we'd be happy to pour you that as well um, mm-hmm. so I've, I've got a great um, you know business partner um, we're, we're definitely in the, in the phase of like really trying to assess the next best steps to grow the team because I mean I'm about to launch a couple new states we're about to be in six states um, you know we're we're, we're still like the smallest distiller it's still humble i don't you know it's like yeah we're in six states we're, we're not everywhere um this is specialized stuff you'll see some new products coming out that are, are uh, that are going to meet the moment uh, that's that's the intent mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and kind of um you know uh be a little more highball friendly stuff like that mm. um still organic still on the level but um I've, I've had to develop something with a few distilleries to basically figure out how to collaborate because like i mean almost everybody i've worked with or for has gone belly up and at mm. a certain point you got to start kind of talking about that and figuring out you know maybe you should do it yourself. what it's going to be you know what <laughs> i mean and yeah and so it's like or, um or well, is that not a good idea is that well i mean look i think i'm still here i'm thinking i'm still like able to be around because i'm, I have a sc- I'm a scrappy business right, right i do work otherwise you know when i can and and often i do you know to pay pay my bills um, and I make we make bitters that you know that, that do pretty well, and that 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 pays some of the bills too. That salted um, chocolate was no joke. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> cool, right? Cacao, what is it? Good man, salted cacao. Yeah, and it's yeah. got some it's got some Brock Cellars red wine in there on, on like kind oh. of like a finishing touch. Nice. You know, um, so yeah, was... yeah, so you know, it's like I, th- I think I'm we're we're at an interesting moment I think for the brand because I mean I've been doing this over ten years now, and I do have a cult following, and I'm and I'm feeling more confident than ever you know than ever in in the product. Um, thanks to, you know, people, you know, really, really loving it and telling me that and buying it. And, and, you know, this is a very direct and very relational, you know, brand and operation I do. So I do, you know, I do converse with a lot of people experiencing my stuff. Um, but it's really, you know, you want to be careful about how you grow and you want to grow with the right people and you want to, you know what I mean? And, and it's, I've, I've said no to a lot of money. I've said no, I've, 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 you know, I've tried to make a lot of partnerships, um, or be open to a lot of partnerships, but, you know, I've seen a lot in the, you know, coffee spirits you know business world that you know shit crashes if you try to blow it up too quickly mm-hmm. and i'm proud to say my i'm i can i'm stoked on my products mm-hmm. and i like i have i've stuck to the quality so right now is is the moment where i am trying to you know r- really carefully uh grow yeah and um so yeah you can buy the the whiskey online for sure because it's like you know distribution's tough like i'll have good pockets for sure like i'm in the bay i'm a, I'm a little bit around la You'll see me more and more in LA. It's going really well in LA, actually. Um, uh, so really, it's like go to workhorseride.com, check out the Instagram. You can find bottles. You know, you, yeah. you just got to go to my website and order them. Really, it's like yeah. that's the best way to do it right now, um, and that supports a shop out in the Bay and a couple other shops. Um, okay. So yeah, let's taste this one. So I love that you put the actual Latin names of the oaks used. Yeah, why not? Right? <laughs> That'd be fun. You know? Yeah. yeah I Quercus Alba and Quercus. What is it? Crispa. What is it? Uh, Quercus uh, Crispilla. So it, it took me a while to decide. Like I, I didn't know if it like was pretentious or whatever. I don't know. But I was just like, you know, because when you're making a label, it's so like Alba is white oak. What's Crispilla? Um. So that that is the wa- I think it's called like the water oak. Like that's what Mizanara means. It's like a water oak because it it's like really. Where is it? Um, it's from, it's only in Japan. Oh. And so, it, but it grows super wild. Like, check out a photo if you want. Like, oh, um, it grows, it. it's it's a glorious oak. And unlike the American white oak, right, it doesn't really grow straight up. And so it okay. makes terrible barrels. Oh. Um, but the flavor is insane. And yeah. so I got an option to buy a cask from a really interesting kind of like progressive thinking cooper 
who does the because like and and you know especially being someone who's like yeah like forest minded i'm like i stay away from a lot of the like fancier new woods that are that are like trending in beer or something like that i'm like no nah, i read up on that like i don't know it's not the worst thing in the world but i'm not looking to really participate i'm looking to just like do local grain stuff you know yeah, yeah. and get like used casks from over there you yeah. know what i mean like that's yeah. the main thing right um but I don't know. As a Japanese whiskey lover, I was like, you know what? I think I might need one. And this, 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 uh, these guys up in New York, they do a, you know, a stainless cask, about 70 gallons. And then they have basically a certified from like a university in Japan. Like this is part of our oak stash. And then they, they, uh, air dry them and then fit them into this cask. Okay. And so usually I just, I just use like full size, regular oak casks. I don't go for anything too fancy like that or trying to achieve like you know oak extraction obviously is as you know because it's grain grain forward distillates that i'm after but this Not one's green yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but this one seems too fun and so yeah so so my partner and i jeremy we we, we bought a um a mizanara cask and um we've done t- uh two expressions with it so far and there's a third one in cask now so you see that in a year or so maybe um the, the third one's even even crazier but so this one's at 61% alcohol. I was going to say, it was like 121 proof. It's pretty wild. I yeah. left it, you know, there's a couple whiskeys I leave at that high proof for a number of reasons. Pe- people love it or they don't. Or they don't. But also, if they don't, like, great. Like, please add water. I totally yeah. love that. Right, you know, right. like, just add some good clean water or soda or put it on a, on a rock. This one is badass on a rock. I mean, it feels pretty special. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're getting some, like, menthol perfumey resinous notes that I can only, you know, attribute to the, you know, like, metabolization of the whiskey and the oak right because right. you know the purple barley in there adds a lot of nuance um the rye you know adds a lot of nuance but it is, it is mostly a malted barley spirit so it is, it is once again another you know yeah. inspiration of jazz, japanese whiskey yeah nice so yeah that's the standard and strange whiskey um standard and strange you know we just kind of named you know it's like kind of just named it after Oxymor. their shop and no gotcha. and uh because you know and, and so i've done a lot of like um, a lot of den- denim folks really like like my stuff. Um, and when I lived in New York, I sort of just kind of got into, um, and, and San Francisco I did too, like just like, like hey, what are, what are these textiles? That's interesting, you know what I mean? Mm. And I, I really like the idea of, you know, supporting someone making a craft and you keep this product for years, you know, like a nice pair of jeans or something. So I ended up doing parties for all these companies, like so many, you know, uh, like Raleigh Denim and, you know, self-edge in New York and then eventually met these guys at Standard and Strange in, in San Francisco and I've been their only bartender in their 10-year period. Really? So I do all their parties um, and I'm kind of like in that family over there, which is really fun because it's a really good crew. Um, so it's been a long time coming actually of us be, of, of us doing some work together, but this is kind of the first really fun thing, you know, kind of coming out of the pandemic, needing to do something beautiful, needing to really needing something really different and exciting and powerful. Um, and so this is kind of, you know, um, a product of, of that, that period really. Amazing. Yeah. Yummy too. Thanks. Yeah. And then it's, yeah, if you want to, if you want to put a rock or something in there, it's, 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 it's really good. I'm thinking about it. Um, maybe I'll just do a splash of something. Do that. Yeah. Although I and I'm like loving this prickly pear wine, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Austin Glasscock for this uh, method traditional Yo. sparkling. Austin, 100% you did it. Wild Texas wine, prickly pear. That was our Thanksgiving, and mm. uh, holy moly! Yeah, you did it, Austin. You did it. Really, thanks, homie. Really beautiful. Yep. Sipping and spitting it. Can't can't help it. It's too good. That, I mean, the, the texture is cool because I, I, you know, knowing prickly pear, like the texture is odd. Like you know, the, that viscosity. You're like, okay, cool. Like prickly pear, but. 
such a pleasant you know it's yeah. not overly viscous no, right no, yeah. it's just like you just you know well, it's the a bubbles little help too right they the bubbles it. yeah yeah they, they yeah and it, i mean you look at it in the glass and you're like oh this just looks like a really refined champagne mm. Mm. and then it, not until you smell it and then taste it yeah like i mean it explodes out of the glass and then you taste mm. it and it's like oh yeah the texture and everything. it's so fun this is nice with water this whiskey is mm. fantastic man mm. yeah there's and do I you get much of the rye like yeah what are you experiencing right now I mean, I think I like it straight. That maybe I added it's too much water, but look, it's know. a it's a thing. I mean, these these spirits that I put out between fifty and sixty percent, like it's not just like I'm trying to give you more alcohol. It's you know, you know, it's I'm not. Yeah. It's like alcohol, as it turns out, is a preservative and it keeps the flavor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it just no, does for me. It's like I it's I love the concentrated whiskey flavors. Like I've always loved like a barrel bottling, you know, like rather than yeah, you know, like when they proof it down to 40 whatever 90 proof, whatever mm. um i'm uh, I, I definitely like the cask strength mm -hmm. <laughs> um which is lovely this is great though i mean it's, it's been great either way but yeah i mean i think all i mean all of these are like you said unique you get to taste things that you don't normally taste mm. kind of ruins you for other <laughs> spirits thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's fantastic stuff Fantastic. And you grew up in uh, Tucson? Yeah. Yeah, born in L.A. Oh, okay. But my, my folks moved back to Tucson pretty okay. pretty quickly, so I was like two or three, moved, moved to Tucson, and that's where, that's, you know, that's my reality, Tucson. Ha, it, yeah. it seems like um, you could probably find agave and other spirits there as well, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that could be a, an avenue. Have you considered yeah. that? Are you thinking... I mean, it's I think that I mean the thing that I always, that I mean I'm learning. I know, and I think I don't know if people understand the Southwest, but it's sort of like LA is a Mediterranean climate mm. mostly, although we're changing. Mm -hmm. California generally, West Coast generally Mediterranean. So wet winters, dry summers. Whereas mm. once you cross those mountains mm -hmm. and you're in the Sonora <laughs> Desert, you'd think it would be even drier, but it's actually like wet win wet summers yeah. and dry winters. Usually, usually, yeah, usually, yeah. yeah. Except and for it, the drought periods. Right, no, but I mean, historically, that like that's why it's such an amazing and dialed, you know, yeah. ecosystem. Yeah. It's like, you know, like um, that Saguaro's experienced that for thousands of yeah. years, like that, that, that relative consistency. Um, yeah, you guys might get like 20 inches during the summer, mm. right? And then yeah. it just stops. Right, and it yeah. depends, I mean, you know, and then living there four years, as I just did over in Oracle, I really got to see a lot, um, especially during the tumult of like various fires and, you mm. know, evacuation and... Um, yeah, that like 2020 was a, a, a gnarly drought, but no, I mean it's the wettest desert in the world, Sonoran Desert. So I mean it's yeah. when it's wet, it's wet. When yeah. it's when it's nice, it's nice. And then I, I got to work. Um, I did two months as a harvest intern for Sand Reckoner last year, and it was pretty wet. Yeah, and it was nice. Yeah. it was very very beautiful. Yeah. and um, I mean there's a reason it's. I think the Tucson, one of that area around Tucson, is somewhere around there is like one of the most biodiverse regions in the world. Probably think yeah. Because you have elevation, Mount Lemmon. You have yeah, and like yeah, the yeah, you Madera, have, yeah. You have desert elevation, alpine. Like I mean, you just within such a small distance yeah. have all of these microclimates it's and more moisture than you realize that you sh you'd think yep. there would be. <laughs> um, even though it's still a dry land, you right. know, so you get like all the desert. It's an amazing middle stuff. ground. Yeah, it's great. No, people don't know. So it's like, like weird liminal state. Very I mean, also very great. F I think those liminal states are really attract. Um, the psychedelic experience. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, there's, I mean, you've got those cactus are indigenous to there that yes. do those kind of states, but 
Yeah, it's just a beautiful, well, strange, like otherworldly place in a lot of ways. I, I, it still with feels critters that. that don't aren't from anywhere else. You know? Javelina, yeah. like no, yeah. I mean, I got to know the Javelina really well. I love them. Yeah. Like a lot of the kind of like maybe like the Midwestern transplants, like the you know the, that were around us occasionally. They're like, oh, we we hate the Javelina, and like. Let's no. Let's think about that. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah. they're they're fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they're amazing. And yeah, like yeah. when you when you like just stumble on them, like yeah, be a little careful. But mostly they're just gonna run away. And right, right. I mean, I have I have just you know a thousand experiences now. Of like, yeah, they're just look. They don't they don't like you. Yeah. They don't like you. They don't want. They don't want to. Um, but no, I you know, um, yeah. I, 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 I there, there's definitely a long time where I wanted to have a, a distillery in Arizona, but it's it's it's. I think the the water issue is a little complicated, so I'm kind of trying to yeah, yeah, be really sure. careful about because right now, I mean, I'm producing with some distilleries, and you know, I don't own my own space, right? And you know, yeah, that sucks a lot. There's a lot of things that make that they're, they're really difficult because of that, but yeah. it's also probably the best model option I have right now. Yeah. Um, given given a lot of things. And so it's actually it's it's imperfect, but it's probably better than, you know, building another distillery. There's a lot of distilleries out there. Yeah. And and it doesn't necessarily need to be mine, but I yeah. think um, you know, definitely a, a really, really important time for me was yeah, being an Oracle, growing these grains, and then, you know, loving insects and birds before that, but like you know what it's like being back here and actually you said speaking of psychedelics you said something that i thought like put me into a psychedelic trip on your podcast <laughs> with uh it was was is her name like uh Na- nan mccurry yeah nan mccurry yeah nan mccurry um you know yeah that was really beautiful what you said about it's almost like when you have because I, I i just remember like being an oracle and having like the dutchman's pipe vine and getting oh, to know yeah. like the moth that loves and the you know the, the yeah there's like one right pollinator for yeah. that vine yeah yeah and yeah it's pretty amazing <laughs> it's and such I would a beautiful like, vine like such I, beautiful vine I, I mean it's so beautiful I would water it yeah yeah I found it up in I when I used to live up in in Hollywood and I was walking you know I would walk you know to and from work oh you find it over there and I found it growing along the cool. fence and it's so striking that I just yeah. I like researched it because yeah. I was like what is this crazy thing I'd never yeah. seen this flower before I mean it looks like a an exotic like orchid yep. like a leopard orchid or something <laughs> no but like trip out for yeah, real really really gorgeous. and then just to think you're like yeah every every if it's working that means that if, that the moth is around like yeah you know and and so but yeah the the, the way you put you know uh, and I, I totally this is totally how my brain works too you're like at this point with the fact that the hummingbird and the trumpet flower or whatever flower you know they're right. so dependent upon each other we might we should be calling this system a humming flower right right i was like no, I, I, I was like, I was in traffic. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's good. No, it good. made me, it made yeah, me good. feel something great. No, I'm like, hell yeah. That's, that's, that's well, the I way mean, to look at it. I mean, you, cause I was just about to ask you, as like a, like a sort of wrap up thing, but just, you know, the, the relationship of humans, especially in that area mm. and with the corn that's from that area yeah. is seen as this like inextricable symbiosis mm. between the two species that they're like, it is, you know, 
like it's it's sacred but it's also it's like they this is family like mm-hmm. corn is family have you i can only like, imagine yeah as you're sourcing from these folks or working with these people have you encountered i mean do you have you come across these ideas and, yeah a little I mean, bit you know and yeah like not you know not to like it's like i want i think the thing that comes to mind is you know to speak about a a, a group you know with confidence would be like the the Oot mountain Oot tribe mm-hmm. you know talking to Teresa over there i've, I've been you know and I, I yeah i've got a few different expressions with Oot in it now and um and I'll, I'll be doing more in the future um you know just like the way she talks about her corn is just really it's really special it's like really precious she's just like you know really like you know in this almost like this this you know gratitude she had for like wow you want to like put our name on the label it's really cool she's like well you know, I hope you enjoy the corn because I mean, we we think it's you know the best there is. You know, and <laughs> kind of the way she would talk about it, and it's just it's like yeah, that because yeah, absolutely. Like they, you know, like, you know, not not to speak on a culture that's not mine, but it's like yeah, I understand that that um yeah, like a lot of a lot of tribes like have the notion that like yeah, these are our family. I'm like why why yeah, of course that makes sense, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, um, I noticed that uh when javelina would get into my garden to our garden um that they seem to enjoy the ancient corns a lot like the southwest like heirloom <laughs> corns a lot and in particular a couple different squash that were local as well i was like yeah. they know. in that in your genes <laughs> you knew you've eaten those before right, right. you've eaten those <laughs> in that wild that's, awesome. that's really cool yeah well cool any parting words or thoughts that you want to do before i stop recording look um Thanks for having me, man. No, no I mean, it's just, this. yeah, really qu- question it. everything, love each other, and have a good time. Um, yeah. <laughs> Those are good parting <laughs> words. I love that. Those and are great. Buy some of my whiskey. I mean, come on. Like, my farmers are epic. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm out here working hard for you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And I want to say a special thank you to those of you who continue to support this podcast via Patreon. It is vital to making this podcast possible. And if you don't, but would like to support via Patreon, that's just a very small monthly contribution at multiple levels that you can select. The link to our Patreon is always in the show notes and you can find it there to join and support. There are many other ways to support as well. There is a donation page on the beyondorganicwine.com website. And just leaving a great review is super helpful. And if you don't follow this podcast and download it, but listen regularly, please do that. Just click follow and these will automatically download. And those statistics are immensely helpful and uh, help inform what I do and what how the algorithm reads and performs this podcast in relation to others. So thank you so much and see you out there at the bar or wherever you drink your spirits.